Why, hello! Welcome to another episode of Cash Clarity. I'm your host, Abby Nerderman, and I am thrilled that you are listening today. Today, I'm talking about how to start paying yourself as a business owner and what you need to know to stay out of trouble. We all get stuck there sometimes. I don't know what I don't know. Am I right? Your business is making some money and you want to bring that bacon home, but how? Many new business owners ask this same question, especially once they learn that they should have a separate business bank account from their personal one. There is so much to learn about running a business, not just how to do things like hire an employee or file taxes, but what's actually required of you by law. If you're like me, you have probably lived most of your life as not a business owner, and you probably didn't start educating yourself or even paying attention to the ins and outs of business until you needed to. So you might wonder, Abby, if I want to pay myself, can't I just write myself a check and be done with it? Or am I missing something? The answer is, it depends, and I'm going to set the record straight in this episode so you shouldn't have to worry about getting into trouble. Before we get into it, I need to put out a disclaimer for this episode. Some of the things I'll be talking about have legal and tax implications, and this episode shouldn't be construed as advice. It should be used to become more informed and educated about the topic at hand in a general sense. As always, I recommend consulting a lawyer and or a certified tax professional for your unique circumstances to really understand the best strategy for you. Now that's out of the way, I don't want to make you wait any longer. Here are the four steps that you need to start paying yourself as a business owner. Step one, identify your business entity. If you've been in business, you know this right away off the top of your head. But if you haven't started your business yet, you do have some things to think about. There are five major business entities that you could possibly structure your business as, and I want to run through them real quick. And keep in mind, this is just a nutshell review. I could probably do a whole podcast episode. In fact, I will plan to do that in the future on business structure. The first possible business entity you could have is a sole proprietorship. This is where you own the business by yourself, and this is the easiest and least expensive to set up. It's the default entity if you don't intentionally set up a different structure. You'll owe self-employment tax, and you take on all the risk and liability personally. The next business structure is a partnership, and it works and acts just like a sole proprietorship. The difference between the two is that in a partnership, you own the business with someone else. And a partnership can be owned by two or more people. So basically, it's just a a different name. Sole proprietorship, partnership, sole proprietor, you're the only one. Partnership, there's multiple owners. Now, the third business entity is a really popular one, and it's called the Limited Liability Company, otherwise known as an LLC. This is a hybrid between a sole proprietorship and a corporation. It offers liability protection, so the business takes on all the risk and not you personally as the business owner, and it's more flexible to govern than a corporation. And you're still taxed like you would as if you were a sole proprietor or a partnership. The next business entity is an S-corporation. 
Now, the business owner is no longer known as the business owner. The business owner is now identified as a shareholder in an S corporation. And S corporations must have fewer than 100 shareholders. Taxes are passed through to the shareholder's personal tax return, and they're more. And S corporations are more complicated to govern than an LLC. You have to meet ongoing compliance requirements. You must have formal, ongoing director meetings and shareholder meetings. So it's just a lot more involved than an LLC. And then the final business entity that you could choose to have is a C corporation. And unlike the S corporation, you can have an unlimited number of shareholders. So this is really attractive if you're wanting to sell shares to either raise money or attract talent. Now, a C corporation requires detailed record keeping and reporting. And a C corporation is subject to corporate income tax and shareholders are also taxed personally on income or dividends. So that was your brief, I learned something today in a nutshell about business structure and entities. So step number one is identify your business entity. And then step number two to start paying yourself is decide your payment strategy. Now, there are really two options that you have here. You can either give yourself a salary or you can pay yourself with owner's draws. So let's talk about salaries for a minute. A salary is something that you set up with recurring payments and that withhold tax. If you are an S corporation or a C corporation, this is the best route for you. The IRS expects you to take a salary and not an owner's draw. Now, if you are going to pay yourself a salary, no matter what business entity you have, I do recommend using a software service to make sure all the tax forms and all the tax deposits are made on time. I use Gusto for my own payroll and I use it for my client's payroll as well. And I absolutely love it. I've used other payroll services in the past and Gusto hands down has been my favorite. I will share my special referral link to Gusto in the show notes, and you can find that at goldenratiobookkeeping.com forward slash 037. And if you use my referral link, Gusto will send you a $100 Amazon gift card once you run your first payroll. Cha-ching! And I believe I get a little Amazon gift card as well. Now, for owner's draws, owner's draws are how most self-employed individuals pay themselves. So these would be your sole proprietorships, your partnerships, and even your LLCs. And the amount and timing can be variable and on-demand as needed. You would have to follow a set-in-stone schedule like you would if you're paying yourself salary on a payroll. However, be prepared to pay estimated taxes once a quarter if you're paying yourself with owner's draws. Owner's draws are pretty easy to actually get money to yourself. You can just write yourself a check like I mentioned up earlier in the episode or you could do an electronic funds transfer or however you want to just move money from the business to your personal account. Now just a special note on taxes. Income taxes for everyone are considered a pay-as-you-go tax by the IRS. So eventually you will have to pay your taxes no matter which way you choose. With a salary, you get a W-2 at the end of the year. And throughout the year, you've had your taxes withheld and your employer 
pays those for you as the year goes along. So if you're a business owner and you're employing yourself, you have to put on both the employer hat and the employee hat. Now, whereas with owner's draws, you're more than likely going to have to pay estimated taxes quarterly on those draws. However, you can get around that if you are reporting more than one income stream on your taxes. And one of those income streams is a salaried W-2 position. So if you're married to someone else who has a W-2 or if you yourself have more than one job and that job is salaried and you receive a W-2, then you can get around the estimated taxes by filling out your W-4 form in such a way that you withhold enough taxes on the job with a W-2 that you don't have to file and pay estimated quarterly taxes. I definitely recommend getting with a tax preparer and reading through the IRS documentation on how to do a W-4 to make sure you do this correctly. Otherwise, you'll end up owing and that's no fun. All right, step number two is decide your payment strategy. Now, step number three is calculate how much you wanna pay yourself. This is the fun part, right? So consider your business's profit and more importantly, and more importantly, your business's cash flow to make sure you don't overburden the business by paying yourself too much. Now, if you are paying yourself a salary, keep in mind that the salary must be reasonable and the IRS is very clear about what it considers reasonable. And they will tell you, and the amount you pay yourself should be in the neighborhood of what a similar company would pay for the same or similar services. And they have a whole list of things that they look for when they're trying to determine if, whether or not a salary is considered reasonable. I'll link to these in the show notes, but I'm going to read them to you right now here as well. So as the IRS puts it, to determine if pay is reasonable, consider these items and any other pertinent facts. What duties are performed by the employee? The volume of business handled? the character and amount of responsibility, the complexities of your business, the amount of time required, the cost of living in the locality, the ability and achievements of the individual employee performing the service, the pay compared with the gross and net income of the business as well as with distributions to the shareholders if the business is a corporation, your policy regarding pay for all your employees, and the history of pay for each employee. So there really is a lot to consider when trying to set a reasonable wage for either yourself or anybody else. If you are a business owner and you are wearing all the hats in the business, meaning you do lots of different things, you do all the sales, you do all the marketing, you do the service delivery and customer service, you do all the admin, maybe you do your own bookkeeping, go through and identify all the activities that you do in your business and determine what you would pay someone else to outsource that work. That will give you a good idea of what your, your true salary should be. Another thing you can do is you can look up salaries from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. They have a lot of information on how much people get paid in this country. You can look at it by year, by quarter. You can look at it by occupation, by 
level of education. You can you know, go in as far as looking at different dem- demographics. Or you can look up a site like Glassdoor to see what kind of salaries are being paid in your industry. I do want to point out that if the IRS were to decide that your salary is too high and you are a C corporation, the IRS is going to treat that excessive salary as a dividend. So your corporation wouldn't be able to take the salary tax deduction on it which is no fun. So if you are a C corporation and you're worried that you're getting, that you've set a salary too high for yourself, definitely make sure you get with a tax preparer on this to get the best advice and strategy for your unique situation. On the other hand, if you don't plan to, or you just don't want to pay yourself any owner's draws or distributions in addition to your salary, you can still work for free or for less than a reasonable salary. You might have to do this if your business is still a baby and hasn't earned the money yet. So that was step number three, and that is deciding how much to pay yourself. The fourth and final step is to set a schedule. And you can stick to a schedule if you're doing owner's draws. You'll definitely need to stick to a schedule if you're paying yourself through payroll on salary. There are several popular payroll schedules that you can use. The most popular being twice a month, every two weeks or once every week. From an employer and an accounting perspective, running payroll more often means more work for you. But employees like getting paid more often. So it's a kind of a delicate balance, which is why a twice a month schedule and every two weeks ends up being pretty popular. Employers don't have to run the payroll as often and employees get paid more than just once a month. You might also want to consider if you're paying hourly or salaried. Now, if it's just you, it's not going to make a big difference. Um, But if you do plan on hiring in the future and you might have hourly employees, you may want to run the payroll more often because um, when you're paying somebody hourly, the payments can vary and it's easier to track in shorter time intervals. Versus a salaried employee, they're going to get paid the same no matter what. And it's just a matter of what's their annual salary divided by the number of pay periods throughout the year. Now, the last thing you want to consider when choosing a payroll schedule for yourself is the state payday requirements. There are different requirements by state, and I am linking to a helpful document from the U.S. Department of Labor so you can figure out the requirements for the state that you are running payroll in. For example, I live in Kansas, so the minimum payday requirements are monthly versus a state like Tennessee, the minimum requirements are semi-monthly. Keep in mind that If you are paying yourself a salary on a payroll, you're going to want to at least follow the minimum state payday requirements. So that was the fourth and final step. And let's recap those four steps once again. Step number one is to identify your business entity. Step number two is decide your payment method, either salary or owner's draw or both. Step number three is calculate how much you want to pay yourself. And step number four is set a schedule. Based on the info in this episode, and assuming you've already selected a business entity, I want you to determine if you will pay yourself via a salary or on an owner's draw or both. If you don't identify that payment method strategy early in your business venture, you could go down the wrong path for your situation, which means you could either be out of compliance or missing out on some tax savings. However, when you pay yourself 
correctly. It will, it will result in you not having to worry about getting into trouble, which means you'll be able to focus your attention on other things in your business. Now that we're at the end of the episode, you should know how to start paying yourself the right way without wondering if you're missing something. I hope you come back for the next episode because I'm talking about cash. Who doesn't like cash? More specifically, I'm talking about cash flow and how to create a cash flow forecast. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts. And I'd be ever so grateful if you'd rate the show or leave a review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews help potential listeners just like you find this show. Until next time.